The fantasy football heroes and the fantasy football heroes and villains edition of the Sports Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by our Patreon. Score exclusive perks and content available to only our patrons at sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash Patreon. DGENs assemble. Welcome to Fantasy Football Heroes and Villains. I'm your host, Justin Bruni. Joining me, as always, is my co host and partner, Mr. Andrew, the TD King. Rob, happy hump day, sir. How are we doing? Good, man. Happy to be here. Had a good day with the fam. Spent a little time at a place called Adventure Sports. Nice. Lots of fun activities. Saw the kid, you know, run around like a hellion going from this thing to that thing. So very exhausting, but fun day. Ready to talk a little bit about best ball, ADP risers and fallers. So let's get to it. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. If you couldn't tell from that opening there, I am, I'm not sleeping a whole lot. I got the newborn around here. So I am cooking on that four hours per night. Glad to be here though. Clocking in, talking some fantasy, talking some best ball. We are 43 days away from NFL kickoff. The NFL is absolutely heating up. We have some, very odd movement in ADP. We've got some weird signings going on. I think the other day I fell for a uh, Antonio Gates and Adam Humphreys signing. You know, I don't know if I'm just seeing things from the lack of sleep here, but then Jimmy Graham was signed to the Saints, and I'm just like, the sky is falling. If that dude doesn't get to dunk on a field goal post in the preseason, I quit. Like, I better see something good here. You know, it better be something enter- entertaining from Golden Grahams. Yeah, What's up yeah. with your uh, with your commandos? I'm seeing some uh, some nice little highlight clips there, Mr. Sam Holland. I'm seeing some good stuff here, some good little coach talk. Hey, you know, at least you can say you know I've been on Sam Howell the entire time. Howell over Brissett. That's the way the cookie's going to crumble in Washington. I don't want to say crumble that because that makes it sound bad, actually. But I think that's the way the cookie's going to be baked. All right, yeah, it's be a delicious treat. Yeah, I mean Sam Howell, Eb. Ron Rivera's still there, unfortunately. But EB and how we're we're focusing on that. And Chase Young looks pretty good. Defense was already pretty good last year. Mm, Chase Young can he shed that uh that that knee brace. So if he can get back to form, as long as they don't trade his ass to the Steelers or the Ravens, which I've seen uh, are rumored to have interest in Chase Young, which uh, you know, again, uh sorry kids, but um fuck them. Just not happening. All right. Yeah, if, I, if I wouldn't regime, expect that to happen. If this regime trades him, I'm going to be pissed. Like, there, there's no reason to do it. You didn't pick up his fifth-year option. You want him to prove it. I understand. So let him prove it. Don't go fucking trade him away for pebbles, all right? We need this man healthy on the D-line to start wreaking havoc in the NFC. So thousand percent. on that. thousand percent. It is highlight video season. We're getting that practice talk. We're getting all those highlight clips out of the training camp and practice. Got to love it. I uh, saw someone going nuts over CEH taking first snaps the other day. There's a lot of overreaction going on. Let's dive in. Who is your first riser on the board here in best ball? So, uh, I mean, this is going to come to no surprise to anybody, so we won't take a lot of time on it. But Zamir White, 
I mean, <laughs> come on. Samir White, is, it, you can literally get him in the last round. Why not take mm-hmm. a shot on Josh Jacobs being the stubborn one? Obviously, Saquon Barkley crumbled to the right. corporation. And, uh, you know, I, I was all about Saquon. You don't want to wear the ribbon? Hey, man. You don't right? want like, to wear the ribbon? Yeah, yeah. We're over here showing our support. And what do you do a few days later? You sign for an extra $900,000. What do you, like, really? Ooh. That's going to help you? Boo I, that man. And again, that's easy for us, you know, podcasters here to sit behind our chair and say, I wouldn't do that for $900,000, but we, we probably would. We brought $11 million for the year. That's, that's pretty good. So I did see that it, it did raise what he can get next year, though, if they would franchise mm-hmm. tag, uh, tag him. So I think that was smart for him to do. But still, I, th- I would have expected him to hold out a little longer. I mean, why not? Uh, but, you know, again, he signed, so at least he's there. But Zemir White, man, um, if Josh Jacobs holds out, if he's really going to be stubborn, I mean, he got on the plane and left Vegas. It's not mm-hmm. a great sign. Right. So, I mean, again, at, right now he's currently going ADP 190. You know, that's round 17. I, I think that that's fine. Um, mm-hmm. I took him round 18 twice in the past couple of days as well. Okay. I feel like it's a good gamble, a good value for a guy that maybe he does play a little bit of, you know, games in the first part of the year maybe josh jacobs waits three or four games to come back who who knows what the mm-hmm. situation is gonna be maybe he just pulls let me on bell and says i ain't doing it either you trade me or i'm gonna right. sit out so we'll see what happens there but i feel like zamir white's just a good value right now and you know he's at least the backup didn't really work out last year but i mean mm-hmm. they gave josh jacobs a lot of work if he's there and he's playing on a franchise tag and one you know if he signs his tender mm-hmm. i don't think he's gonna want to put his whole heart and soul into it because he gets hurt there's no guarantee next year's any money coming into him. So, again, Zemir White, just a good value currently going right now. Uh, he is up 13 spots since last week. So my, my only pushback there is, one, I am expecting Jacobs to at least be there week one. He could be gone the entire training camp, the entire preseason, and still come back on a, fr- a little bit of a friendly friendlier deal. You saw Eckler, they sprinkled on a little more cash. He came back, no problem. Same thing with Saquon, like we had just mentioned. They sprinkled on literally less than a million dollars, came back, no problem. He's there, he's working out, he's with the team, he's getting his reps. I feel like a similar situation could unfold. And if not, if you are correct and he does hold out and he's he's missing time, I do think that there are big buyers in this potential market for a Zeke Elliott, a Kareem Hunt. Um, I'm, I don't think they'd go as far as to say Dalvin Cook, but maybe Leonard Fournette, who I think that we're going to be talking about here soon as well. I think that people are just starting to actually buy the player, like buy, you know, maybe a name that they're more familiar with. We're also getting some more casuals drafting in our lobby, and it's starting to mess around with the ADP. I've had some weird drafts these uh, these past few days here. So I do think that Zamir White is a bargain where you're describing him going in like the 18th round. But I don't really want to get too much farther than you know round 18 or round 17. And I'm drafting, you know, typically five running backs at, at a time. So I would still feel more comfortable going with like a Leonard Fournette or a Zeke Elliott in a similar range. Zeke Elliott's probably going to go a few rounds before. You've seen a few more highlight uh, tapes of him, you know, juking out some garbage cans. You know, there's been some talk about him potentially going back to Dallas as well. Uh, but I, I have also seen some movement on Leonard Fournette potentially going to the Patriots. Um, so I just feel like guys that are going in that similar range. I got Kareem Hunt actually very last pick of the draft just a couple of days ago. Like I, I still think that's also a very good value. So with the guys that are going around him, I just feel like I can trust a little bit more. I'm with you though. If he is going to play, you have to imagine, you know, if like if Josh Jacobs sits out, I don't know how long he would actually sit out. I don't know if it would be a full season. Maybe you see him go into a couple of games. So maybe there's an opportunity for 
Zamir, Zamir White spike week one through, not one through three, but like one to three spike weeks period in the season, if that makes sense. That's that's my only pushback is just some of the other names in that range I'm more comfortable with because I've seen it at a higher volume and production rate. Yeah, no, I, you know, and, and I understand that, you know, I, again, I know it, it's a throwaway pick. It's the lottery ticket right now with Zamir mm-hmm. White. It's either going to cash for you or it'll be a dud. I don't think there's going to be an in-between with Zamir White. You know, the, the, we saw this last year. So, yeah, I mm-hmm. think it's strictly a lottery pick. But, I mean, he is rising, and we just don't know what Josh Jacobs' thought process is. So, I think it's just worth a gamble. I wouldn't do it in 100% mm-hmm. of your drafts right now by any means. But throw right. him in there every now and again. Feel confident <clears throat> that, hey, you know what? This is my last pick. It's a lottery pick at the running back position. Yeah. Could hit, may not. Um, but you made a good point about more casual drafters being in here now. Have you mm-hmm. seen recently more quarterbacks being drafted to teams where there's almost no correlation to them? Yes, it's very It is so fucking annoying. Yeah. I saw someone with a badge the other day take Patrick Mahomes and Kirk Cousins, and I wanted to throw up. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I get it. You might have some spike weeks with uh, – the guy actually did have just Justin Jefferson. But at the same time, like, there's not going to be another week where he's going to outscore Patrick Mahomes other than his bye week. You know, just stuff like that I'm, I'm seeing. Um, and that, that, again, that was a badge, bro. So I am seeing a lot of other stuff like that from casuals where, you know, Ryan Tannehill is going three rounds ahead of his ADP and he has no correlation. Just like, buddy, what are you doing? You know, yeah, uh, and I, just I, a just... lot of weird stuff like that. You know, seeing teams, you know, going really heavy at running back, you know, things like that, like, you know, very boomer-esque type of drafting. Um, so where you can lean into that and you can find value, I've done it. Um, I've gotten some guys, you know, 10, 20, you know, picks after ADP because of, of lobbies like that, but they're not amazing names. Um, one guy I'll, I'll just kind of sh- shift over to a faller is Kadarius Tony. They're saying he's going to miss uh, the rest of the offseason, could be ready by week one. I got him today, 22 picks after ADP. And I just want to ask you, I, I proposed this question on Twitter today. What would you rather have in best ball? Kadarius Tony, 22 picks after ADP or Jamison Williams at ADP? Jamison Williams going to miss six weeks. We're uncertain on Kadarius Tony. Let's just say he misses three weeks, two weeks of the season. What would you rather have? Um, you know, I'd probably still take the the flyer on Tony. Okay. Um, I just think that if he hits, mm-hmm. the ceiling's much higher than what Jamison Williams can achieve. Mm-hmm. So I, I'd I'd still take <clears throat> the the shot on Tony there. Yeah, that that's exactly what I did. Um, I was a little underweight at receiver that's probably the position i've seen um, be moved on most aggressively these past few days uh since probably sunday is everyone is diving really heavy into the receiver position i want to see how far i got uh Kadarius tony after adp i know it was 22 picks um i want to say i got him in like the 90 range and i want to say he was going in the 70 range before that so yeah 77 is his adp on underdog and I got him at pick 99. I do think there should be some adjustment there, but I still think that I got a value. I think that it's fair to say he should go anywhere from like pick 85 to maybe 92. But getting him 22 picks after ADP, I, I couldn't say no. But, but prior to that pick, I'd only selected DJ Moore, DeAndre Hopkins, and Cooper Cup. After Tony, I had to. I felt like I still had to back it up because because Kadarius Tony starting the season being my fourth receiver. I didn't feel so comfortable with it. So I backed it up with Juju Smith-Schuster at at ADP, OBJ, uh, 13 picks after ADP. That was another weird one. I was just like, you know, I'm seeing a lot of these receivers go fast and heavy. And then 
OBJ sitting around for a while. Um, Adam Thielen at ADP. I know you think that's stinking bad. Uh, and then Chase Claypool, about four picks after ADP. Again, I know you're not a big fan, but I'm much higher on Claypool than the public for sure. Um, I believe that was my last round pick. So I like the group in total, but I'm looking at Kadarius Tony. I'm asking myself, I'm like, I don't think this is that bad. I think it's actually pretty decent. Considering just the offense that he's in, he's going to be in a situation where there's a vacuum for passing production. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like it's, it's, it's the offense that, that he's on, you know, right. Like I'd much mm-hmm. rather have a Chiefs wide receiver <clears throat> than a, mm-hmm. a Lions wide receiver, wide receiver outside of Amaral St. Brown. No. So yeah, okay. I mean, it just, just the, the opportunity for Tony, I just feel like mm-hmm. is much higher than Jamison Williams. Though yeah, I so think he's... that both of their week 17 matchups are pretty similar as far as points that mm-hmm. can be scored. Um, but yeah, I still take Tony. Yeah, so I'm buying the dip on Tony for sure. Someone I don't know if I'm buying the dip on right now. I want to stay in Kansas City and talk about Isaiah Pacheco, Jarek McKinnon, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I'm seeing some Daenerys Prince love in the last round as well here. How are you assessing this situation as Pacheco's kind of been backtracked on touches, wearing a non-contact jersey? It looks like the reps are going up, but it seems like they're going to try to ease him back into the workload here. And that's kind of been the sentiment that's being echoed in training camp and the media and the news outlets where are you at with this situation? Because we do have McKinnon, you know, with a slight uptick in ADP. But again, I'm seeing a little bit more activity again for generic Prince and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in my lobbies as well. What are your thoughts here? I, I, I'm a big, big advocate of McKinnon. Just before we get going here, he is my, I think, sixth highest exposed running back right now before any of this has happened. Yeah, I, I don't mind taking McKinnon at all. I think that's a decent value, especially if some of these wide receivers go down. McKinnon can kind of maybe fill in a wide receiver-esque role. So I'm, I'm fine with that. Um, CEH, I'm, I'm out on, man. They, they ain't using him anymore. Um, unless unless preseason, reps. you know, exactly. Like, unless, yeah, but uh, again, against who, right? Like, you just made the, you, you just said practice? Isaiah Pacheco is not Come out there practice? with non-contact. Yeah, right? Like, it's just, I just feel like it's it's just situation right now where CEH is getting in there. And will mm. they keep him? Maybe. But, I mean, again, like, he he just hasn't proven it, and I think that they know that. It's funny. This generic price uh, print stuff, mm-hmm. it is interesting because isn't this what we kind of saw Isaiah Pacheco do last year? Make a name for himself a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, kind of make some moves, make some plays. Next thing you know, they're like, we're going to use this dude. So I would rather take the shot on Daenerys Prince mm-hmm. than CEH. I have no qualms with taking him in one of the last two rounds of a draft. Uh, I think yeah, he's fine. It's he's a good offense to do round. it on. I don't yeah. think you need to. I don't think you need to bump Daenerys Prince up to round seventeen. He he's definitely obtainable in the last round. Yeah, I mean, just even moving forward, like. I'm okay taking him one of the last two rounds. I honestly don't mm-hmm. think there's anything wrong with taking him round 17 as well. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I think it's fine. It's a fine gamble as well. Uh, but I, I do still think this is Pacheco's backfield. Uh, it's Pacheco and McKinnon. The, those are the two guys. Um, you know, don't don't read too much into the tea leaves about mm-hmm. Pacheco with the non-contact. You know, I think it's actually good that they don't want him to have any contact right now. That means that they value him and they right. want him to be available. So I again, I think it's a completely fine. Uh, evaluation of him where he's going right now. Both those guys, McKinnon and Pacheco, going fine uh, at their ADPs. And again, I, I'd rather take Daenerys Prince over CEH. We know CEH had the ability to prove it and didn't. We don't mm. know what's up with Daenerys. I'd rather take the, the the devil that I don't know in this situation as far as the devil that I do. So uh, CEH, sorry, man. Had a lot of love for you when you came out, but just didn't make Everybody it happen. Did. Everybody did. 
top yeah. 12 remember, running back. You remember top 12 when he running did back. That, that very first game? Oh, yeah. Houston just knocked the door down. Lights the door. out. And everyone's awesome. like, cash the ticket. Mm-hmm. I was do, right. <laughs> do, do, do I remember people trying to like try to acquire him, and they were giving a king's ransom for this guy. Oh, and, yeah. and, man, if, if you oh, made yeah. that trade, you were the guy giving CEH Ooh. up. You were elated. If you got CEH, you hated yourself for the rest of the season. It was awful. Yeah, I mean, you still <laughs> may hate yourself to this day. <laughs> Uh, no, I was ranking him as a, I think, uh, running back twelve to start that year. I didn't have like any shares of him, but I was, I was ranking him that high. Yeah, he was. Everyone was in on it. Uh, again, trying not to get too far off the the Chiefs here. We do have some movement from some of these other guys behind Kadarius Tony. I saw Richie James be drafted in the seventeenth round today. I was elated. Not, I was mad that because I was actually going to pick him, but <laughs> I was like, hey, Richie James movement, it's happening, it's happening. People are starting to believe. We needed a uh, Kadarius Tony uh, injury to happen, but I'm typically getting Richie James in the last round. Sky Moore's getting a bump in ADP. I've already gotten a fair amount of MVS. I don't think I need any more, and I don't want to buy a, a really a climb in any of these guys. Are you buying any uh, increased ADP, or are you going to maybe wait for maybe the dust to settle here? Because I feel like this situation is going to have a lot of movement, whether it be Justin Ross, Richie James. Actually, both of those guys went in round 17 for me today. But I just feel like it's so polarizing in each lobby. You'll have some guys move them up. I just feel like just getting any of those guys at ADP or after is is perfectly fine. Yeah, um, and I'm still taking everybody except for Richie James and Ross and and those guys. Like, I just – I don't really buy it too much. Like, Mm -hmm. could it happen? Yes. But I think MVS is a better bet. He has a specific skill set for the Chiefs that I like. Mm -hmm. And Sky Moore, man, this is his make-or-break season. If he don't do it this year, he's going to lose trust in, in that whole organization. He's going to be gone. So I, I think that this is Sky Moore's big year to do something, especially if Tony's not there. Um, and of course, I'm still buying Tony as well at, at you know after ADP now. But yeah, I, mm-hmm. I still take a lot of Sky Moore, MVS, and Rasheed Rice. Um, that's another guy that I think could make a big move for them as well. So I would much rather take any of those shots. Mm-hmm. over the the Richie James and those other guys. I just I just think there's too many moving parts for those guys to really make an impact in this offense. Could they have a couple of maybe spike weeks? Maybe. But I mean, I don't ever see the, any of those guys having like a you know, like a three touchdown game, two t- I don't even know if any of them are going to have a two touchdown game to be honest with you. Um I think MVS and those guys have more opportunities to score multiple touchdowns. So I'm I'm still t- uh, taking those guys. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, what do you want me to do here? ADP riser or follow next? Oh uh, yeah, go ahead. Take your pick. Uh, all right, let's do a, uh, let's do a follower. But before we do, I don't want to wait any longer to tell people about the sports gambling podcast, Patreon, do your part in the war against corporate gambling and sign up for the SGP Patreon, tons of exclusive content, contests, and merch just for our patrons. Plus a monthly SGP stories podcast and an ad free uncensored show highlighting the best stories from decades of being DGENs. There's a uh, new Discord channel as well for just the patrons, so that's an exclusive just for our patrons. The Sports Gaming Podcast Patreon is a great way to score exclusive perks and support SGPN. SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash patron. That's SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash patron. If you don't know how to spell patron, just because I saw some people spell it wrong on Twitter, which is funny. <laughs> it's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Again, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. E-O-N. Patreon. Patreon. Yes. 
Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Love it. Love so it. let's go with a faller here. Uh, faller Rashad Bateman currently really? down four spots. Um, I think this is because of the injury stuff that we keep reading. Uh, you know, I really yep. think that that's the easy. Uh, this is kind of a low hanging fruit here a little bit, but I did mm. want to touch on the Raven. So I want to bring him up. Um, I still think it's okay to take Rashad Bateman. Um, he's currently going now at 91.4. I think it's fine if you can get him in that 91 to 100 range. Uh, it's, it's still a decent shot on him. You know, will he come back and maybe you don't have him, you know, right for a couple weeks, four or five weeks maybe, and then comes back. Um, I still think he can have an impact in the offense. So I think it's fine. The guy that hasn't really risen a ton, but I think will is Zay Flowers. Zay Flowers. Yeah, the the you just insert the rocket slash uh, stock up emoji happening. Mm-hmm. Zay Flowers is, is the guy, man. I've been all over him the entire draft uh, season so far, so I'm very happy that this is kind of unfolding the way it is uh, happening for the Ravens here. But I really think that this man has a double-digit uh, touchdown season here uh, in the oh, works. Wow. I mean, he's going to be the downfield guy. I mean, Todd Monken has come in, and he, he's not been shy about telling us that they want to throw the fucking ball, right? They, they want to. Uh, James Jones was just talking um, about this offense, and they said that really Todd Monken and uh, Harbaugh should let Lamar go back to Louisville days and put like four wide receivers out here, put three, four, three, four wide no, receivers. They, they out said here. they are going to do that. That's that, yeah, that's what, that that is the plan. I mean, what else do we need to know here, right? Like Zay right. Flowers is athletic uh, mm-hmm. at this point in their careers. OBJ's on the decline. This man can't stay healthy anymore. So there's a knock against him. Rashad sure. Bateman already having issues with the foot again, mm-hmm. you know, so there's multiple reasons why I think Zay Flowers is, is up. Um, but with that said, I do still think there's a uh, value in taking Bateman. I would just like to personally get him even past the ADP is going now, maybe closer to a hundred than 91, but still okay to take him in my eyes. Cause this offense is going to be high powered from what they're telling us. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, Rashad Bateman down four spots. I do think it's going to keep declining for a little bit. So try to get him closer to 10. If you want to take him now or a uh, hundred, if mm-hmm. you want to take him now, um, what what say you on the Ravens? Are you kind of in the same ballpark I am, or do you have a different um, opinion here? I've been targeting OBJ. I mean, if this offense is what it's, it says it's going to be and he's healthy, this guy scored five touchdowns in seven healthy games with the Rams. I mean, that team tried to pass the ball down the field. Monken's offense is all about creating space, using speed, and really not so much going downfield as much as it is about going sideline to sideline to open up something for downfield. And you have I, you and I have had this discussion before about Lamar. I just don't trust him to have you know deep ball accuracy consistently week after week after week. Um, I just trust the skill set and the production that I've seen from OBJ from the past. I am definitely okay with prioritizing him and Zay Flowers over Rashad Bateman. If anything, Bateman is a player I'm underwater on. I just don't have a lot of him, and that's because he's returning from injury. That's because the team went out and actually got a real wide receiver in OBJ, something that they've been craving. I think that's it's something that you know Lamar's been asking for. Like, yeah, you can draft a guy, but actually being able to go out and getting a certified talent, someone that you can trust, I just feel like that's something that he's wanted, and I feel like OBJ in this offense is going to be a, a big weapon. Uh, being able to be a guy that can go sideline to sideline and work downfield, I think that's really going to play well into uh, the playbook and just what they're trying to do as shifting from a run-heavy team to a more balanced or, dare I say, a more pass-heavy offense. Yeah, no, I, I think 
if I'm in on OBJ in a draft, um, it's because I'm just settling for the last guy taken in the offense. Mm-hmm. That's really the only time I'm ever taking OBJs. I just realized I'm settling for the last guy. I missed out on Flowers. Sure. Don't really want Bateman at where he's you know potentially going. He's, so he's I, going I, ahead of Bateman uh, in ADP. No, I don't think so. I think he's going after, isn't he? Interesting. I I mean I got OBJ today, thirteen picks after ADP. I'm I'm perfectly fine with that. But I'm not. I don't feel like I'm in the need to really take him ahead of ADP unless you know I've really gone you know, running back heavy, or I have elite tight end situation going on or elite QB, something like that. And my lobby, you know, just flipped a script on me and went wide receiver heavy. I mean, it's happened before. I've done over 100 drafts. That's bound to happen. I'm going through the list right now. Let's see here. I'm at Brandon Cook. Zay Flowers, I believe, is leading at 88. Wow. Yeah. Rashad Bateman, 91. It's a little too expensive, I'd say, because Odell Beckham's at 110. I yeah. will take Odell Beckham at ADP or beyond 100% over Rashad Bateman at ADP or ahead 1,000%, no problem. And yeah. realistically, the guys going ahead of OBJ, Tyler Boyd, Sky Moore, Jamison Williams, Cortland Sutton, Michael Thomas, and then you get to Rashad Bateman, I can talk myself into taking him ahead of those guys. You don't need to. I don't recommend it. You can definitely get him at value like I had mentioned. Uh, I got him at pick 123. He's going at pick about 110. So I, I feel pretty good about that. But again, I'm not shy about taking him at ADP because if the offense is what they say it's going to be and OBJ is healthy for the majority of the season, spike weeks, my friend, spike weeks. Yeah, no, I I, I agree with that. You know, again, like I just think it's – I think if you're taking OBJ, um, mm-hmm. you know, you're just kind of like, well, I'm just going to take the last guy from this offense. And yeah. It just is what it is at that point. And, you know, take take your shot then. Mm-hmm. And we didn't even bring up Mark Andrews. Like this offense absolutely has to help him. He is a higher A dot type of tight end. So it's not like he's hanging out around the line of scrimmage. So this sideline to sideline, open up the deep field type of play calling and an action on the field, it could benefit him the most. You know, you may just just want to be taking him maybe a few spots ahead of ADP if you're trying to go elite tight end and you miss out on Travis Kelsey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, what do you um, want here? Riser, faller? I got the next one here. Uh, let's do a riser, but before you do, I do want to tell people about underdog fantasy. We are brought to you by underdog fantasy. The NFL season is right around the corner and underdog pick is a great way to get down on a ton of NFL player props and is available in a ton of markets, plus plenty of opportunities to win in their daily MLB contest. And of course, make sure to enter best ball mania Four, where first place gets $3 million dollars. Head over to underdogfantasy.com. Use our promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Promo code SGPN. Okay, and we're back. All right, yeah, party on. Party I saw on. that middle finger. All right, right on. Party <laughs> nice. on, Andrew. You like that? I totally. Yeah. Nice. nice. Sweet. I like it. I like it. Uh, I closed like eight windows, so I'm hoping that my video uh, stops lagging here. <laughs> All right, so you want to go with a riser here? I'm going to go after, let's talk about Tank Bigsby. I've been drafting a lot more of him, but I didn't realize everybody else was. He's about five spots up the board here, or about four and a half, we'll say. I think people are just trying, starting to realize that he's going to have more of an active role. Is he a guy that you have a lot of exposure to or are starting to buy more so in the recent weeks? So exposure, let me uh, let me tell you here in a hot second. I don't think I have a lot of them in... Um... Uh, sorry, I'm like typing here. Uh, I don't think I have a lot of. Yeah, I literally have. I've got him once 
in the 80 teams I've drafted so Interesting. far. Interesting. Hey, you're catching up. 80. Getting there. Solid. Getting there. Thank you. Thank you. Best ball, best ball for breakfast. Yes, sir. So, yeah. So, um, you know, I've uh, now I did draft him uh, like in the rookies, sophomores. I've taken him in the big board. Okay. I took him some as well just before okay. we knew where he was going. Mm-hmm. Um, but nice. the the more I, you know, of course, I'm just like any of the other people listen to this podcast. I listen to podcasts too, right? There's been multiple podcasts I listen to that they've mentioned Bigsby as like, oh, he's an interesting guy, right? So in my mind, I'm like, all right, well, if I'm hearing it in this podcast and this podcast mm-hmm. and this podcast, maybe I should get on board a little bit more. And I'm a guy who don't, don't, doesn't really like ETN. So I don't, I just don't think that it in the drafts, uh, again, this mm-hmm. is another guy that goes around other players I like better. So it's nothing against Bigsby. I just like mm-hmm. guys that go around him better. Uh, at you like Roshan, who's going Love a little Roshan, bit after him. Yeah, you know yeah, that. Going a little <laughs> bit after him. So, yeah. So, again, nothing against Bigsby. Um, I think it's a good play, actually. He mm-hmm. is currently uh, going off RB45 off the board. Um, I think that's an okay place for him to go, right? Like, it, in this offense, it, it's the offense for me is why I want to take a Bigsby shot. Uh, it's, yep. it's the non-love of ETN for me and the mm-hmm. offense. So, I, I think it's a fine play. I just haven't really done it a lot because, you know, I've drafted a fuck ton of Roshan Johnson and, and other guys around that spot. So, I do think that I will be um, drafting some more Bigsby, mm-hmm. though, before my 150 is over. I'm drafting a lot of Devin Singletary. Again, probably like 8 to 10 picks after him. I do have about 8 shares of Bigsby now, 7% share. So feel feel pretty good about that. And I'm in the same uh, narrative purchasing as you. You know, The offense is going to be good. They're going to pass the ball a lot. They're going to be in the scoring zone in the red zone often. That leads to Tank Bigsby touches. I, I just see him as more of um, you know a power runner, through the tackles, running downhill. And I and I feel like his presence, you know, I've talked about this with uh, Emerson on Sundays. You know, I feel like his presence actually can push ETN to more of a pass-catching role where him and Trevor Lawrence have a ton of chemistry, you know, from their days at Clemson. So I feel like that can fit well for both the quarterback and ETN situation while also including Bigsby in the game plan at a healthy dose or at a healthy rate. So he's someone that I'm definitely starting to buy up and public are starting to do more so as well. So I don't hate it. Uh, he was, you know, coveted as you know one of the, you know, not to say the top three running backs, but he he was one of those top names that you were hearing. Right destination, right landing spot. He could be a you know a big name coming into ETN. You know, with a coaching regiment that didn't necessarily draft ETN or have a big commitment to him. It could be interesting how this unfolds. Doug Peterson hasn't really gone like pure bell cow back in the past. So I could see a situation that evolves where I'm not going to say he gets up to double digit touchdowns, but given the right situation, you could see a, like a Jamal, a Jamal Williams situation develop where he's getting a lot of high value touches over ETN in that scoring territory. Yep. No, yeah. And I don't disagree with that at all. Uh, let's shift over to a faller. Who's one of your uh, faller candidates? Uh, let me give me, give me a list. buy the dip guy. Who's falling that you want to buy? Buy the dip. Buy the dip. Okay. Um, I you know what? I won't go with Hal, even though he has fallen a little bit. Um, eh, not enough. I feel like he's going to stay in very similar territory. Like, how yeah. far can he fall around? I mean, yeah, that, that that's true. But a lot of these guys that have fallen here, I'm looking at the mm. list of you know over the last I seven saw, days. I saw C.J. Stroud go. I think in like the second or last second to last round or last round today. Like I was, I, that was a bit surprising to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I actually have a fair amount of Bryce Young, but they're going at a very similar ADP, so I, I was surprised to see that. 
Um, great late round stacks if you can pull that off. Like getting uh, Stroud at value, there's so many stacking opportunities in those back end uh, back end rounds. You know, Robert Woods, uh, Tank Dell, Xavier Hutchinson. If you really want to, you know, go down the rabbit hole. I'll tell you what. Um, and I know we've talked about this guy a lot. Somebody I really liked that is ADP before, and mm-hmm. then DeAndre Hopkins signed there, and that's Chig Okonkwo. Mm-hmm. He has dropped down about four spots. Yep. Um, I got him the other day. Mm-hmm. He's going what? Uh, hold on. He is currently going yeah one thirty. I got nice. him one fifty five. Okay, dropped twenty five spots. That's I legit. felt like that was that's legit. That's a lot. So I mm-hmm. still took him there. Mm-hmm. I had Burks at the time as well. I took Traylon Burks, so I actually went ahead and took Canny nice. Hill, uh, okay. uh, round seventeen, I believe. So yep. I decent, decent shot. But I mean, if Chig's gonna fall that far, I still think he has decent upside, even with um, you know Hopkins there. I don't think that his upside is as high as it was before. I don't think he can reach tight end six five somewhere in there as I thought before. But he could still reach 9, 10, 11, somewhere in there. He could still be a tight end one, I feel like. I mean, he led all tight ends, I believe, in depth of target. It was like three point mm-hmm. something, average depth of target. like, Or uh, no, it was uh, yards per route run. I'm sorry. So that just, again, that's um that's something I'm looking for in my tight ends. You know, somebody who's going to be running uh, a lot of yards with their routes. Mm-hmm. And if Chig's going to go down that far, that's somebody I'm still going to be in on. I mean, I'm. it kind of sucks. You know, this is one of those guys that I've, that I lost out on on the ADP. It's going to go down, and I'm I'm definitely heavy on his older ADP. So I, mm. I would like to middle that a little bit. You know, I bought the stock at too high, but I also want to buy it when it's low as well. So if he's going to be going that far down, I'm still in on it. Um, again, right now, currently going 133. I think, honestly, by the end of the season, we're going to really see him down into the mid-140s probably. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'll still be on that. I mean, it's, it's still Chig. He's a good player. I took Henry Hopkins and Chig in a draft. Was trying to get Tannehill at ADP, and someone took him uncorrelated. Mm. That's that was one of those ones when you mentioned earlier. I was like, yeah, that's that's going on for me. Um, so I was able to get Chig in that one. I think about eight spots after ADP. But when I took him, he was the first you know tight end available. Like he was he was the first guy there, and I think he was my second tight end drafted. So you know you can definitely pull that off. You know you getting him at twenty two spots after. You know, me getting him at eight, there's definitely some middle ground there. St- Steven Sims stacks with my Stroud. Nice, nice. Get it. Steven Get Sims. It. Oh, shout out old Washington. Washington guy. Getting after it. Love it. Love it. I mean, there's just so many guys to, to stack with back there. It's it's absolutely fantastic for Houston if you're a big believer, if you're a big buyer. Um, but no, with, with Chig, I still think there's a lot of opportunity if the team's going to be scoring a lot, if they're going to be uh, a better team running the ball. You can't stack the box on Derrick Henry who had a career-high 38% loaded box last season, 34% average across the last five years. Adding in DeAndre Hopkins is absolutely massive to lowering that number and getting just more efficiency in the run and passing game. If they're in scoring territory, I just have to believe that Chig is always going to be a live option. And then you still have the factor in DeAndre Hopkins actually staying healthy. Two looks good in tight and blue, let me say. I mean, the drip is strong right now. Dude is significantly wet. Absolutely. I mean, that that visor, get out of here. But if Buddy can't stay on the field, if a team isn't winning games down the stretch, I'm not saying that they shut him down, but I could see his usage dwindle down a bit. And I still think that you could have some spike weeks for Chig. He's still going to be an important part of the offense, in my opinion, especially with Traylon Burks. I'm going to kind of throw him into this conversation. I got him nine spots after ADP. 
I'm buying the dip for him as well, just because I get, again, I just believe the offense is going to be more efficient with the presence of DeAndre Hopkins. You can't load the box and double DeAndre Hopkins and also make sure that they're not trying to do something cute or creative with Traylon Burks, who can take uh, carries, set up with end around, end around reverses and just these you know weird type of things that they want to experiment with. I feel like that's going to be the case in a, in a Vrabel offense. So I still think that those guys are buys at their dippage, if you will. Uh, like I said, I got Burks nine spots after in this most recent draft. I think just after the Hopkins signing, I was able to get him like 13 or 14 picks after. So it's still a good situation. Like DeAndre Hopkins, his presence, I feel like lifts up everybody's levels to a degree. Yeah. Uh, you know, again, it. I think everyone kind of has a different outlook on this. Um, mm-hmm. I think that I, I just, I really think Chig's upside is, has been downgraded a, a ton. Um, oh, now no, the, the high value expectation. Yeah. Being a top five tight end, being a top three tight end. Yeah. I don't want to get Chig into builds where I have like two tight ends. Right. But if I have an elite tight end with Chig, I'm down. Like if I have him in a Kyle Pitts or a Kelsey or an Andrews, I'm good with that. I'm, I'm fine. But if I'm not walking away with one of those elite guys, I'm putting him in a three tight end build and just hoping for a handful of spike weeks. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's a that's a fine uh, way to, to to go about it. Um, again, I don't think that Chig's going to fall face of the earth. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, all it takes is one injury. You know, if Berkshire Hopkins goes down, he's right, right. back where we right. where we started with him, right? Like, so I don't want to get off of him. And I think that the ADP value is going to be even better uh, when he drops mm-hmm. down here into the 140s, 150s. Um, so yeah, I'm still on him, but man, what a bummer. Um, and I let's, saw, let's uh, be real. Kyle Phillips is the real loser here, but he's not getting on the field. Okay. Was he getting on the field before? Not really, but you know, he's getting a lot of love. <laughs> like, Oh, look at this guy breaking routes and practice. My God, look at that footwork. My God, he is white and he can play in the slot. Jesus. Yeah, no, I, I understand that. Um, and I saw, you know, uh, Davis had put on here. Uh, that he had a 13% of Chig. I just looked at my exposure because obviously now I'm kind of off him a little bit. I have 12.9%. So I'm right there with him. Nice. Um, and it, yeah, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, man, it, it, it does suck for Chig, man. The, the sky was the limit. And now it's like, if you reach the sky, it's probably because somebody, you guys, you guys <laughs> can eat my shorts. Okay. I'm at 15%. Oh, wow. 103 teams. Fourth highest exposed tight end, three hundred and eighty-two dollars. So you know, get real, all right. <laughs> I'm the real loser here. <laughs> um, I'm trying to middle my exposure, uh, make sure I have a good portfolio. So, um, no matter what some of these people say about galaxy braining and whatnot, like I don't really feel like I need to go overweight on some players. So, well, I I have more exposure to Taysom Hill still. So, I mean, I I'm I'm gambling to a degree. Uh, Dalton Schultz and Tyler Conklin, my highest guys. I go with a lot of three tight end bills or builds, excuse me. Yeah. Uh, uh, Knox is still my, my top at 17%. So he's still, I, I did a couple of Knox builds recently. Again, it's like a, you know, like a three tight end build. I got him stacked with a uh, Stefan Diggs and a Josh Allen. I felt pretty good about that. Um, so yeah, he, he's definitely someone I'm starting to get on a little bit more. Mm-hmm. We got uh, Mr. Heilman lead dynasty analyst saying uh, to go buy the, uh, buy the Joe Mixon stock here. He's on the climb. Yes, sir. Don't hate uh, it. Don't hate it. So- I agree with that. Um, I, I actually floor. just literally my last draft, I, I took him to pair with, uh, I got Joe Mixon, or uh, yeah, I got Burrow, Mixon, Joe's. Higgins, and oh god, Jamar Chase. You're the one who always telling me don't do the foursomes. Hey, man, 
I, I, I don't listen. My buddy, I told him the exact same stat, and I, yeah. I try to live by that. But every now and again, you got to break the rules because rules yeah. aren't always the end all be all, right? So every now and again, when I have the opportunity, like the other night, I took Kirk Cousins, Jefferson, Addison, mm-hmm. and Hawkinson. I don't know. I would not normally do that. I do not advocate for that. But every now and again, if you're doing 150 teams, you got to I feel like it's OK to have a few of them. But right. generally, you don't want to stack three with your quarterback. It is highlight real season right now per training camp, per OTAs or post OTAs. What do you think about Kyler Murray, who we're not seeing any highlight videos of, but has an increased ADP cost right now? He's up about three and a half spots. What is it? What is it just the news? I think so. What incentive? do the Cardinals have to play him if if he doesn't start out the year on the field mm-hmm. and they're all they're out there and let's say they're had they have a target date of week five right if they're mm-hmm. one in four gross wh- why why put him out there if this is truly your franchise quarterback and somebody that mm-hmm. you want to be there for at least another three or four more years whatever the case may be why why put him out there like what what sense does that really make you already traded Hopkins I mm-hmm. mean you you let Hopkins go like you it's not like they're like in the win now mode. So why do that? I, I would just, I'd rather steer away from Murray. Now, did I, have I drafted Murray? Yeah, I think twice in the 80 mm. drafts I've done. Uh, oh, I lie once. I've drafted him once. Once. I, I just, I, I don't see, I'd rather just be wrong and have him be okay. I can't see him being lights out. They have nobody on that team that's like fantastic. No matter what mm. Davis wants to tell us about James Connor. Sorry, Davis. Hey. Hey, uh, uh, oh, that's stand right. that's down. You and Davis are stand down, brain. Andrew. You <laughs> villain. You bully. Yeah, I just, I, I don't know. They just don't do it for me, and ne- neither does Murray. Um, I, if he was healthy and still had Hopkins, well, well, diff- different conversation. But mm. I don't see why the Cardinals would want to do that, especially with a new coach. Like the coach, I think realizes probably like, okay, I came into a situation that I have a few years to build up. Do I really want to put Kyler Murray in there to go get him killed again potentially? Mm-hmm. I, I don't think so. So. Does he play? Sure, possibly. Do I think he plays well? Probably mm. not. Do I think he puts all his heart and soul into it? Probably not either, because they're, they're probably not going to be starting out the year four or five and oh. So <laughs> I just don't I hate see those, the case. For I him. hate when people bring in those subjective terms into the fantasy conversation like, this guy's got heart. This guy's so strong mentally. Like, okay. But, you know, I like stats, I like numbers. Like James Connor numbers, numbers on... specifically when he's healthy. Well, sure. Uh, <laughs> oh, you will. Oh, we, we both, both doing it. it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Davison here. When my Connor hits, I won't say anything, but you'll know. I, I really hope for your sake it does, man. Because if not, I I think fantasy receipts is that the Twitter account that that'll be like all over them, like white on rice, like that. Yeah, I I, I fear that they'll be coming for you. <laughs> uh yeah. I don't know. I'm Bring just, the smoke. I just. I do. I think I have again, the lung capacity. I'll be fine. You know, I know we're not. <laughs> I know we're not talking about Connor, but I still think Connor's at his ADP is fine. Like I, I, I have nothing against him. I just don't think the upside is there for him that other guys could potentially reach just due to the offense and their offensive line is not very good either. I just also don't, believe don't he's, his ADP is going to climb. Like I think feel like the closer that we get to Week One, he's just going to become a more common name because he's going to make it through training camp healthy. He'll be in the preseason Will healthy. He? Yes, he will. Yes, okay. He will. He's not the Dude, he's not the epitome of health either. I I posted on Reddit the other day, like all my picks. I'm dropping 50 picks in 50 days via the Underdog Fantasy app. You know, per best ball, right? He's got like a 650 uh, rushing yard total for this season. Like that's an doesn't that tell you joke. something? 
it's an absolute joke, dude. Like if he plays in, in at least 13 games, which he's done in at least the last three seasons, he's going to smack that number around. I'm okay losing out in his ADP. I don't want to do that. Yeah, like I, again, I don't want to, I don't want to move him up too much, but again, I, I do feel like the market's going to move him up because I just don't see any other reliable weapon in that offense. Like legit without Connor or even let's say even like Trey McBride or, or Zach Ertz, like they look like an XFL team. Like, I, I like Marquise Brown in theory, but he's not amazing. Rondell Moore, he hasn't done anything. He's not proven. He's never missed a season, just some games. Yeah, he missed three games, uh, I believe, the last three seasons. Uh, thir- at least 13 starts the last three seasons. I think there's a 14-game season in there. Uh-huh. Let's uh-huh. not get off track. <laughs> sorry, sorry. We're we're getting, we're getting going down the rabbit hole of James Conner, which I'm fine with because, you know, Buddy's going to smash this year. But let's, let's, stay on, uh, let's stay on par here. I'm with you on Kyler Murray. You have one share. I have two. So 1% exposure for me. Um, before I get – yeah, let's go to over to a faller. I want to talk about the Giants wide receivers. What is going on? Will they stop signing people? This is getting ridiculous. You mean Darius, stop signing slot receivers? No. Anybody. Stop Stop it. Just stop it. Cole Beasley, this is another example of just like first-team reps. We talk about practice. You know what I'm saying? Like Cole Beasley taking first-team reps. I know he has a connection body. to Brian Dable, but I cannot buy that. I, I am not acquiring any Cole Beasley in best ball. I'm buying the Slayton dip. I'm uh, buying the Isaiah Hodgins dip. I haven't seen Hodgins move off as much. I feel like some of the you know hype around him has kind of increased a little bit, but he hasn't moved up necessarily in ADP. But Slayton, I'm getting with my last pick. I'm getting him in round 18, which is absolutely ridiculous for a guy that I expect to be a starter. He's going to play, if not the most, Second most snaps on the team at the wide receiver position, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, you know, you mentioned that you don't really see Hodgins moving at all. Uh, I bet that makes you feel better about our our our, um, our early season bet on him uh, in in these drafts, right? Like mm-hmm. Hodgins is he's probably the guy. I don't care what anybody says. I mean, Hodgins oh, yeah. seems to be the guy, right? I mean, the numbers are telling us that's what all these other drafters are feel as well. I mean, mm-hmm. Wandale Robinson is down six spots. Um, you know, you a uh, Paris Campbell's down four spots. Like, there's a couple of guys in here for the Giants that are falling, and uh, I don't see Hodgins in there. So Hodgins still probably the best bet out of you know Barkley and Waller. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wandale's interesting to me a little Ugh. bit. Yeah, no was he gonna be? It's just, it's just not interesting to me at all. Like, if there's someone that's replaceable, if there's production is replaceable to me, it's Wandale. Like, why draft Jalen Hyatt? When you have Wandale there, I know he's coming back from injury, but why invest in another receiver and then keep signing all these guys? Like it's getting ridiculous at this point. Wasn't like, Wandale I just, the only receiver on the pup, who had a hundred yards for them last year? What did you just say? A hundred what? Wandale was the only receiver in a game to have a hundred yards for them last year. How many games did he play? He had uh one, two, three, four, five, six. Okay. And then he got hurt. But but the game he got hurt in, nine receptions, 13 targets, 100 yards. Can't handle the workload, apparently. I don't know. And that's not that impressive to me. That just means like he was the guy that game. I don't, I don't know what it could have been. But did, one, So one spike week, did he have a touchdown? Uh, He didn't have it that game. He did have a touchdown in one of the games that he played, yes. And what was his production in that game? Uh, Three for 37 and a touchdown. Eh. Four targets. Eh. 
that's I don't know if that's going to I don't know if this guy's just going to even I, win you your your league like your 12 I'm just teams. saying like, he did something that none of the other wide receivers last year did for yeah, that team. Yeah. The, he was a rookie too. I mean it's again I when you look at the talent, just looking at the talent, take away the offense that the fact that it's not pass heavy, that they're not going to push the ball downfield a lot. Who is a better talent, Jalen Hyatt or Wandell Robinson? Man, I honestly don't know. I, I'm Hyatt, gonna say Jalen Hyatt. Everyone's going to say Hyatt opinion. right now because we just saw what Hyatt did in in, in college. He, he was great in college. I I, I don't deny that. I but think he's a better Wandale route runner. Have... I think he can still be more physical. And Wandale's coming back from injury. Wandale's still on the pup list, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. I, I, I think so as well. Um, yeah. But if we would have saw him all year last year, I bet the conversation's a little different. I understand he got hurt. I, I do. Mm-hmm. I just think that he has, he may have a little bit more upside than some of these randos, the Slaytons, the Paris Campbells. Like, I just think sure. his upside's a little bit more. Is he more risky? 100% because of coming mm-hmm. off injury. But so is Sterling Shepard and these other guys that people still like. I'm not drafting any of the other guys outside of Wandale that, that were hurt. I'll take Hodgins, take Paris Campbell. You know, mm-hmm. I'll take Slayton even. You know, Slayton could have a couple well, of blue yeah, games. Yeah, free well now. I mean, well, yeah, you, can, you can get him for an empty bag of groceries. Yes. But but again, the the, the moral to this en- entire conversation about the Giants wide receivers should show us the guys we really want, Darren Waller and Saquon Barkley. I feel yeah. like they are going to take a yeah. majority of these touches, right? So they're, um, they're still the highest ADP. They're still the highest yeah. cost. I like getting the value in Hodgins and Slayton because whenever I'm sitting there, and I'm going a little bit heavier on running back. I'm always in the back of my head. I'm like, Giants wide receivers, they're going to be there. I'm going to be fine. You know? Yeah. Yeah, you are taking a gamble. It's kind of like the Panthers wide receivers, where at the end yeah. of drafts, you yeah. can take one of them, and really any of them could end up being the one on the team. So, yeah, I, I agree with that. Well, I feel like, what is it, Mingo and Thielen are both going at like 142. It's like a oh, dead heat. God. It's like a dead tie. Thielen. I know you hate Thielen. Ugh. I yeah, saw your over feeling yeah. yardage. Ugh, 575. Oh my Spare God. Me. Spare, me. Spare me. Yeah, dude. You know, he did that with Kirk Cousins. Now they yeah. have Bryce Young. No offense against Bryce Young. I just don't think. Yeah. That... And Justin Jefferson was alongside him. Now there's yep, Terrace Marshall, good. Jonathan Mingo, and DJ Chark. Those are not names that are going to demand more. You're better off betting his touchdowns. Than What's his, his touchdown total? I, I don't know. I mean, I would have guessed it's probably only like three and a half. No, it's higher than that. It's I think it's five and a half. Dude, if the if Jahan Dotson's is four and a half, Thielen did Thielen score seven touchdowns last year? Uh, I don't know what his touchdown total was last year. Uh what if for that pick specifically, he can hit massive career lows on per yards per catch, total receptions, and still clear that number in ten games. And he's hit that number, I believe, seven out of the last eight seasons playing at least 10 games. Or I'm sorry, he's hit that number every single season. He's started at least 10 games. Uh, across the last seven years, he's averaged 900 receiving yards. I understand the offense is different. There is a downgrade in rostership, but he's the lead guy in a group of underwhelming receivers, man. It's just that simple. His... Again, not to get too far off track here, but it's just a good situation for him. His touchdown, total receiving touchdowns this year is currently set at four and a half. That's the same as Jahan Dotson. Well, that's a that's a big difference, though. Jahan Dotson was like at a, a crazy rate last year. Yes. That's a, that's an easy pick for Dotson. I don't think that's yeah. as significant of a bet uh, to take on Thielen. You, 
But I would rather take the yards because I'm betting on downs played, snaps, like fantasy points or yards or touches per snaps. Thielen should be the guy that's leading that group. It's just based on opportunity. As long I'm, you're literally picking if he's going to be healthy or not healthy with that pick. Yeah, I guess so. I, I if don't, he I don't plays know. ten just, games, he's going to hit that number. I mean, what's he? What did he do well? In Minnesota score touchdowns, used around the the end zone because they knew that he right. could be trusted around there. Sure, I feel like that's why they went and got him. I feel like they got Mingo. They have Terrence Marshall. Like they have some more of these athletic younger guys to mm-hmm. kind of make those moves. And I could still see him around the goal line being utilized as like a he's a sure-handed guy that Bryce Young could probably rely on a little bit because mm-hmm. it's not like they have a really good tight end there. I mean, oh, enter him into the tight end role a little bit, Poor right? Just saying. So enter Adam making, Thielen into the tight end role. You are just not not, it today, not buddy. literally. I'm just saying like tight ends around the goal line are usually used. You are on right. fire. I, I think Adam Thielen uh, falls into that category a little bit. If I'm betting him, which I'm not, I will not bet on Adam Thielen whatsoever unless it's under. Sure. If I'm betting the over on one of those, for me, it's touchdowns. Again, massive regression. And he can still clear 575 receiving yards. That is nothing. That is nothing, especially playing. If he plays 17 games, you're telling me he can't hit 576 yards? Like, do the math on that. Go ahead and get your calculator out and do the math on that. That's absolutely nothing. Uh, So if he plays 17 games, 575 divided by 17, that is 3382. Oh, that's going to be like. Probably his line, if not a little bit higher than that each week. If he has a line of 45, I'm not saying to smash that every week, but again, massive, massive regression, and he can still hit that number. Believe me, man, I wish people would have this conversation with me, uh, like on on Reddit when I post this shit. Instead, they just say, you shouldn't post in here. You should just take unders. You know, I'm I'm willing to have the conversation. That's what I love about football is is being able to say, oh, I think this guy's going to do this. Well, you know, I, I actually think this about this offense, or I, you know, I'm a little bit less high on Bryce Young. Okay, cool. Like, let's compare, you know, notes a little bit. Let's have a talk. You know, it's certainly better than just like I actually can't, you know, p- pick one that's going to hit the under. Yeah. Nerds, cue the nerds soundbite. All right, yeah, who's a, we wasted who's a, too much time talking about Adam Thielen. It's on. okay. It's all right. It's it's all good. <laughs> it's all good stuff. Go buy the uh, go buy the Adam Thielen shares while you still can before his stock rises. All right, give me another riser here, and we're gonna head out. Um, Davis knows. Davis knows. <laughs> he understands that. That's how you get shit accomplished is by deba- uh, debating a little bit. Um. You know, man, let's so these are guys that I don't normally like to talk about because they don't generally perform well as as rookies. But let's talk about a rookie tight end in Sam Laporta. Laporta. Changing of four. Uh he, he currently has you know, he's been up four spots the last seven days, currently sitting at ADP 161. So let me ask Did I lose you? Or did you lose me? not sure did you lose did you lose me i can see you okay well i couldn't hear you what you're saying so oh oh i i don't know i i could see myself and everything are we could good yourself i'm good i can yeah, hear you I, now I, can i hear myself i can't hear myself son <laughs> uh anyway so i was talking about sam laporta rookie tight end generally they do not do very well year one 
Mm -hmm. I feel like in this offense, he could do pretty well with what they're going to have. Um, again, Jamison Williams, not going to be there for six weeks. Uh, they don't, they have a plethora of guys that are just Jags as people like to call them. Just, just a guy, right? Uh, they have plenty of guys behind a Monroe St. Brown, but I think Sam Laporta is pretty athletic. Um, I feel mm -hmm. like he might be an anomaly here a little bit, uh, as far as, you know, the stigma of rookie tight ends. I just I think that his ADP is what I like. He's currently going as tight end 20 ADP 161. I, I like taking the shot on that. A good week 17 matchup against Dallas. Yeah. They yeah. play indoors half the year. I, I just think it's a good bet. So let me ask you, you know, how are you feeling with this? Obviously, you understand the the, the tight the rookie tight end landscape. Are you still a believer in that's what's going to happen here? Or do you think that maybe he can show out a little bit in this offense? That's supposed to be pretty good. I think he has a very good shot to finish as a tight end one this season, just given the fact that he's going to be number one on the depth chart, can lead the team in tight end snaps. Right now he's taking first team reps already. They've liked what they've seen from him. I know I've seen some clips of him catching touchdowns already from Jared Goff. I think it's a very good situation to buy in on. And I mean, just the past few seasons, we've seen Kyle Pitts come in as a rookie and finish as a, as a tight end one. So it's not to say that it can't happen. Traditionally, you know, it's not happening, right? But he, among the other rookie tight ends, has the best opportunity. Like, I'm taking Sam Laporta nine out of ten times over Luke Musgrave, you know, unless I'm getting Luke Musgrave at a, at a massive value. So as far as, like, the tight end landscape for rookies, he's definitely the guy that's going to lead the way. And the position is just so, so polarizing. As long as you're getting the opportunities, you know, and this team's going to pass the ball a lot, I think that they are still going to continue to score a fair amount of points. You know, they're, you know, one of the better offenses on paper right now, specifically because of their offensive line. I think it's just a very good situation to buy in on. And again, at his cost, I don't want to get him in like a two tight end set. This is kind of a similar situation or a callback to Chig. I think it's very appropriate to get him in three tight end builds just to kind of, you know, have that back door for some potential extra spike weeks at the position. But I think Buddy's good for at least four to five spike weeks. And as far as like multi touchdown opportunities go, it's got to be there. Like we love Amon Ra. We know that he's more of a short yardage guy. We know that they want to open up the field for him. But at the end of the day, he doesn't echo like as a big red zone threat, right? Like you have to imagine that's going to be David Montgomery, maybe Jamison Williams, because he's got a little bit more length on him. You can go up and get those stretchers. Um, but Sam Laporta, big physical body in that red zone, big body target. I think he's going to have a reliable role down there. Uh, James Mitchell, was it, who's the other guy? Zystra? I'm trying to think of the other like tight ends that they have there. Brock Wright, that was another one. Yeah, Those Brock guys, have yep. they have some experience, and they have some exposure to Jared Goff and just what the offense is built around and the, and the coaching staff. So don't be surprised if those guys play possum and steal some touchdowns every now and again. But I just don't believe it's going to be at the same volume or same consistency as we can get from Sam Laporta. Does he not yeah. just echo kind of like TJ Hawkinson vibes? Like, do you not get that from a, him? I kind of do. A little bit, yeah. Right? And, and that's that's why I feel like I'm I'm in on him a little bit is I, I feel like he's just kind of insert the puzzle piece that you just took out and sold away. Yeah, uh, right. I just exactly. feel like he just fits in into the offense very well here. And I feel like he's a yeah. he's a he's a bite the kneecaps off kind of guy, right? Like he's <laughs> he's just a guy that fits what they want to do here, what Dan Campbell wants to do. And I think that he's just going to give him opportunities that maybe mm -hmm. some of these other rookie tight ends aren't going to get from their coaches. So I, I, I just I think it's a decent gamble on a rookie tight end. Word. Absolutely agree. Really quick before we head out. Are you buying Denzel Mims in this offense? 
Yes, one thousand percent. Love him way more than Tim Patrick. I I put out in one of my articles okay, fine, a Tim fine. Patrick player prop. Lay it out. Take the under. Take the under on his. Uh, on I think it's five seventy five. Actually, I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure. Take the under. Uh, th- this is just a bet on Denzel Mims as the player. Two things for me. One, he's the very first pick of the Sean Payton era. So I think that they're going to give him the opportunity because they're going to want to show that they made a good pick. He's the very first one. Why not give him the opportunity? Two, Colton Sutton, he's he's hit or miss, right? Uh, Tim Patrick can't stay healthy. Jerry, mm-hmm. Man, my internet's just so bad today. I don't know what's going on. You just froze. I don't know what's going on here. I don't know. I, I see myself. Is everything good? Yeah, I know. It's probably just my internet today. I don't know what's going on here. Oh, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I Everything seems fine here. Sorry, um, no, 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 no. You're good. Uh, yeah, anyway, so Denzel Mims. Uh, I uh, Denzel Mims, Jesus. Um, yes, Mims. Yeah, sorry. I was talking about Tim Patrick. Man, I'm, now I'm all fucked. Uh, Tim it's... Patrick, I, I, just, I think it's a bet uh, that he just doesn't stay healthy. He's just not antiquated into the offense as much anymore. He was mm-hmm. more of an old regime kind of guy, insert new regime. I think he kind of falls out. Marvin Mims slots in there. I think we could still see Cortland Sutton end up on a different team by the end of the season. Uh, he's a trade candidate in my eyes. Nice. And, uh, I mean, we have Jerry Judy there. We have Greg Dolchich. You know, like, those guys are going to get theirs, I think. But, yeah, I, I like Mims a lot in this offense. I just think he's going to get opportunities, um, you know, over Tim Patrick. And he's he's honestly right behind Judy. He's my most exposed um, Bronco. So, yeah, I, okay. I like Mims. I like, I like he's, it. He, he's been up, right? He's, he's rising. Timmy? Yeah. No, 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 yeah. no, 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 Mims. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, he was going undrafted, and now he's being drafted a little bit. Yeah, Second to, to last see... round, last round. Yeah, I was trying to see where he's currently going. I thought he was on this list, but I don't currently no, see him. No, no, I haven't seen him on any like rising charts or ADP shifts. Um, I mean, some people are just taking some shots, I feel like, in the last round. I haven't I haven't seen anything ahead of that. I've seen him as like a last round uh, $5 Here, holler. Marvin Mims, the draft I did last night, he went 167 overall, round 14. Second well, to last pick in round 14. Oh, nice, nice. Uh, what is that after his ADP? Uh, let's see. That's that guy. Let me go back to the draft here and check that guy out. Uh, Marvin Mims, ADP one fifty nine right now. So yes, that was eight picks after. I I started off RBRB in one of my drafts the other day, and I did actually later on go. I double tapped Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick because I said one of them will do it. And if you're right, Cortland Sutton gets traded. Even better, I'll take it. They were like my fifth and sixth, you know, receivers. It's not like you know, crazy uh, risk or anything like that. But uh, yeah, I didn't feel bad about it. I was like, eh, screw it. I'll take both of them. See what happens. I didn't yep. get Russ or anything, you know, because people are assholes. But you know, what's gonna happen? <laughs> all right, anything to wrap up here with before we head out? Other than uh, aliens are real and we're all fucked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What a uh, what a time to be alive, man. What aliens day. are among us. You think aliens are like best ball? I thought they were the ones that created it. Maybe, maybe, yeah. You know what? I don't want to play with aliens. Galaxy they probably know brain. what happens. Oh wow! All right, <laughs> didn't come out of nowhere. Uh, fuck true. the Milky, fuck the Milky Way, man. This place is a dirt, dirt hole. <laughs> All right, we're gonna uh, head out. Yeah. Take care. Be well. Be good. If you can't be good, be good at it. Zoltan.